Welcome to Pull'em Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas GCSA. We'd like to remind you that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of those of the people on the podcast and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association or any of its sponsors. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tim's Future Bosses. And now we are joined by David and Andrew. David, tell everybody your last name so I don't screw it up. Spicer, S-P-E-I-S-E-R. Man, you guys are like so studious today. I had a guy tell me his name earlier, and it was like four parts in a junior. It was awesome. Um, all right, Andrew. Uh, Gurney, G-U-R-N-E-Y, and I just realized I have your last name spelled wrong on my phone. Everybody gets it wrong. I don't know why. Everybody's got that one wrong. If I spelled the F S P Y Z R, it would be the same thing. But yeah, then they'd spell it this way. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're gonna start with some easy ones here. David, mm-hmm. where are you from? Originally from Long Island, New York. Uh, that's the accent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's gonna come out here in a minute. We're gonna get it out. Yeah. So lived up there for I think until I was ten, then came down here, moved to Pinehurst. Because my mom and dad, they wanted to, they don't want to retire here to you know, play golf and get away from the traffic. The traffic up in New York is terrible, so yeah, they have moved down here and a lot have been working at at a golf course. That, so. Been working at a golf course ever since. Yeah, it's first first time ever working on a golf course. It's pretty, it's pretty cool when you see all these all the applications you use to make the golf course you know, nice and great and playable. It's it's pretty interesting. So this is your first year working on a golf course? No, I've been I've been on the course for five years. Five years. This is actually the first job that I've ever been on a for, on a golf course. Okay, so um, which course are you at? Uh, it's Pinehurst number two. You're at number two. Mm-hmm. All right, and he leans over to the other one. That well, that's a cut over to Andrew. <laughs> He's like, "Stop talking to me, man." I'm just kidding. All right, Andrew, where are you from? I'm uh, from Maine, actually. Um, Couple Canadians here today, then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I lived in Maine for 25 years and 20-something years and then moved to South Carolina. Okay, and where'd you move in South Carolina? I moved to Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville, and you worked at a golf course there? Yep, I worked at a couple. Uh, I worked at Mountain Park, the Cliffs course, for about two years in Smithfield and Easley. So um, the first golf course, Jed Fedor? Jed Fedor. So Jed has snubbed me approximately seven times for this podcast. So next time you talk to him, you remind him of that that you got on before him. Um, all jokes aside, I've, I've, he's just he's busy. He's always busy. He's a very busy man. He loves his grass. He loves cooking pigs, and he loves beer. No doubt. And and the cliffs folks always seem to stay. The expectations are very high up there. I would say it, it was a very pristine golf course. Um, it was just it was immaculate. Um, oh yeah. You know, like. Even going to other well-known nice golf courses, comparing it to that, it was like, oh, geez. Like, maybe where I was at might have been pretty far up there. Yeah. Well, and the thing I love about it, selfishly, is the amount of Palisades soja that you had out there. Because yeah. that's what I have at my house. And so I used to always go out there, and depending on the time of year when I'd see Jed, I'm like, I think I got you right now. <laughs> Just give us a couple weeks, man. It's been cold up here. Yeah. Um, okay. So then... Where did you go after uh, Mountain Park? You said Smithfield? I went to Smithfield um, with Chuck Connolly. Okay, and he's the one who suggested you decide to relocate? Yep. Uh, so he suggested, 
you know, we have Clemson right there, and I would uh, rather, like, you know, pretty much anything other than Clemson. So oh, hurtful. <laughs> uh, so he, he he had heard of this program up here, so I uh, packed up my things a few weeks later and moved to three hours to North Carolina. So mid-20s. Um, so I guess this Low question. 30s now. Oh, nice. So um, either way, regardless, <clears throat> not right out of high school. Doesn't seem like either one, right? And the, so how is this program then for, you know, a young adult to be able to work full-time, earn a living, provide, and still get an education to a degree? That's pretty easy if you think about it. If, if you if you base your schedule at work with this class, I mean, we're in here for, what, two Two thirty to four. I mean, it's not bad. You're getting really good knowledge from whatever what this program gives you. It gives you a lot of knowledge from here, and then you can take it on a course, and you can apply it with your mentor. And they could probably learn from this class here too. But it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, for me, it was you know uh, I've been working on golf courses for a number of years, starting up in Maine and then South Carolina, and now here. It's been a while since I've been in a classroom, um, but. It, for me, it actually helped me get a base of the people that, like, a group of people that, like, I know. Um, so socially, it was also very good. And also, it, it's given me a, a better understanding of the job that I do. Okay. So I've heard from a couple other guys networking, right? Like, a number of folks, I guess you guys all, with the exception of, you're going to be the exception here for all these standardized questions. Andrew, that is, because he's apparently the only one from South Carolina in the program this year, right? Yeah. Um, but very well liked from what I understand, so not like a typical, you know. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but it, it would seem to me, though, that you guys probably didn't know each other until this. Oh, yeah. Similar occupations. Yeah, we didn't know everybody until... I mean, he wasn't even out of course when I started, and I got and when he came in, I got to know him too, and vice versa. It's it pretty cool. So even some of the other employees of the resort, I would guess, you know, they work on other courses. Yeah. Not a lot of interaction, I'm guessing. Uh, so one through five is all in the same place. So we we knew the guys from course four, but uh, course six and eight also have a guy. Each have a person in here, so. Uh, no, we have never seen them before, and we didn't seven really and nine. Space. They're just not even around. Just they <laughs> just their own little things, right? Uh, we we've gone over there and helped with like verification and other things like that. So I, I swear I'll never play seven again. There's too much out of bounds on that property for my golf game. They do like it there. I mean, it was. I swear I felt like it was the tightest golf course I've ever played in my life. I, I haven't played it, but I've I've driven through it, and it looks immaculate. But oh, I, yeah. I wasn't standing on the tee box. Yeah, no, it's special to get in there, but it's very claustrophobic it. feeling. It's, it's really nice. The 18th hole is cool because there's one guy. I don't know how much he paid for the house. If he had that house for sale, I'd buy it. It looks like a British cottage, but it's got a big we are for like a party and then like a nice glass greenhouse. I'm like, oh man, if I had that right now, it's so nice. You'd be entertaining a lot. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Nice. Okay, so um, hobbies outside of work. Ooh. Okay, I got some good ones. I'm ready. I do. If anybody out there has heard like Warhammer 40k, it's basically tabletop games and you paint little miniatures. You know, dice roll. It's it's pretty interesting. That. Probably model making. That's about it. Well, I played RC cars. I raced them at a 
local track and all that. So it's boats at all or just nah, cars? I had a boat, but it was like one of those little like crappy ones that you can get. But that's about it. Helicopters, wow. I can't. Helicopters, I just washed up a tree, and that's it. So no helicopters, no planes, but the no. cars. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Andrew, sports, uh, playing and watching. Um, what do you play? Uh, so I play hockey, uh, golf. A. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That that does come out. Is there play. a place around here you can play? Uh, so I, I there is in Raleigh, but in Greenville, there's yeah. a couple rinks, and I'm on uh, the Trash Pandas. It's a pretty much a beer league hockey team. That's awesome. Uh, Trash Pandas. <laughs> yeah. So I, I play that, and then uh, my girlfriend got me into beach volleyball, and you can imagine a man with my figure out there playing beach volleyball, and it's something to see. And then um, a little bit of everything from baseball to softball, and I, I watch pretty much every sport too. You play golf? Yeah. You play golf? Oh, yeah. He has a clear putter. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It's something special to see. I forgot who makes it, but it's called clear something. But it says on a sticker, it says the clear choice. And it's like poly, some kind of just yeah, clear poly. Yeah, some kind of clear poly. Does it have a line on it? Oh, yeah. Just one line, it's and then it's really clear. Light. It. I'm surprised how light it is. So you can see the grass through it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gee, I don't, there's so many different. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that, this come from? Did you win it in a contest? No, you went and bought it. Like, um, it's like a secondhand golf shop. I'm like, oh, yeah, 25 bucks. Cool. Put it in the bag and hasn't yeah. come out? It actually works pretty well. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you've been down here for a few years then? Yeah, about 20 plus years, I think. You played a number of the courses in the area? Yeah, I played two when I didn't work here. Seven, I think five. That's about it. None of the others? CCNC? No, actually, yeah. I played um, National, or when it was National. You played Whispering Bonds? Yeah, Whispering Bonds, Whispering Woods, National. I think that's about it. So I'm going to say this loud enough for Carson to overhear, but it seems to me that a component of this program should be some sort of nine-hole league, you know, like a bracketed type thing where, like, you have two weeks to go play the matches with the guy, and it's like a, you know, the home guy hosts, you know, if you're on top or you're on the bottom, so that way everybody gets to rotate around and play everybody's different golf course throughout the season. We uh, did do a golf outing um, towards the end of our first semester. Mm-hmm. We all got together and we, we just did it scramble style and went out there. And you guys are spoiled though because you're on two, right? <laughs> but there's other guys in here. I mean, I'm seeing all these other flags uh, just because yeah. you don't want to have to, you know, share what you got. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, started on a uh, fifteen dollars for nine hole golf course, and that, those are my types of golf courses. Um, you know, it's, it's it's something waking up every day and going to work at two, and um, I I personally haven't played it. I usually go for one, three, and five because those are the public golf courses there, and it, it, that's more my speed. They're amazing golf courses yeah. in and of itself, and but you know it's 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 something special. Like the different types of golf courses that you can see, even just in this small area, from like extremely private to uh, resort golf to just public you show up in like fifteen dollars to walk nine and when you're done no one's there yeah they're, they're just go gone. ahead you can go do it again <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah so um that, God dang, that that's you know you, you nail it because there is such a variety out there you know for everybody to get to play so anyhow okay so what's your favorite out of all of them 
Number two. Okay. How about you? I, I haven't played it, but I mean. You putted a ball on it? You chipped a ball on it? <laughs> I, I sure have. Uh, okay. All right. It, it has to be two. I mean, uh, one of the first golf tournaments that I remember. So I uh, turned 32 in a couple weeks here, and I, I remember 99. And I mean, it was one of the first golf tournaments I remember watching. So it, it holds a special place. Yeah. Okay. So go back through all the champions then that have been here. Can you name them all? Oh, jeez. Um, I, I think the most impressive one, obviously, like everyone goes to Payne Stewart, but what Martin Keimer did last time just demolished the field. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it wasn't even a fair match. He, Like, they could have been playing for another week and not have caught him. So that was the second week after you went back-to-back, yep. right? The women were there first. Yep. So I got invited to play Monday. Okay. After Keimer puts out, right? And we decide we're going to see what it's like to play the Open Tees on Monday. <laughs> now, I've played the course a couple times before, but it was, after, it was before the renovation. So I wasn't aware, and I hadn't been out there. Because we had passes, but we didn't leave the 1895 hospitality area. You, you know, like yeah. this is, it was hot. There was cold drinks, food, you know. Um, so I think it's four and then five that were switched from a par five and then a par four to a par five and then a par four coming back. Yep. Yeah. So you play down, right? You put out on four, and then you just kind of walk up this little hill there, and there was 5T, right? And so we get done with that, and we go over to where I think 5T is, and the guys are with us are like, no, you got to keep going. And I was like – and I look back there, and, like, the next tee was a good ways back from what I can recall – and we get to that, and then I look, and there's like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> and then I look, and oh, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. And there was like 100 yards back farther than what I remembered. I think there's four or five tee boxes back there. We we haven't used them the whole time I've been there. They just, yeah, you know, they, they just hang out. Well, we walk by all of them in perfect shape. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this dude hit driver five iron into this, you know? And I got, like, driver, three wood, three iron, and two out of them three were decent shots, and i am still got 100-and-something in, and I'm like – so, to your point, yeah, that was an incredible week of golf yep. to be played. And if I ever get to play two, I will be playing from the whites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no fun. Yeah. There's no fun. Like, six, I mean, okay. So, that's the par three, right? Yeah. That you can't hold. Even when we played it from 175 yards before you put Bermuda in, it the greens are <laughs> the the greens are like nothing I've seen it. Like even just on TV and then like actually seeing them in person, it's completely different. And like, I mean, uh, we were walk mowing today, and like just every now and then when I, I'll just think of John Daly throwing his putter. You know, like <laughs> just like this green did this to him. Yeah. That guy's won decent bit. Some of the hardest golf courses in the world through his putter. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So what's your role at number two? Basically maintaining all the greens, you know, all them fairways, mowing it. Basically make it look like it's not overgrown and abandoned. So you're, you're um, greens mowing? Yeah, well, greens mowing, fair mowing. I'm, I usually, in the, in the afternoons, I'm like, Either fixing fence posts or you know little the little stuff that sure. you know, makes the course look good, but weeding and weeding and uh, I pinned the T stones too. 
Okay. Canteen workers, you know. Whatever's asked. Yep. So, um, do you spend much time with Mr. Jeffries? A little bit. Do you have to call him that? Yeah, we'll call him John. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that's what I call him, too. So, good fellow to work for? Oh, yeah, great fellow. This is being recorded. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a previous guest. He may listen. He may not. I think that's what happens to the most of them. They listen until they hear their own, and then they're like, okay, I'm done listening to this. Yeah, no, he's he's a great guy to work. He's really, he's really strict, but he's not, like, too strict. But Expectations are high. Oh, yeah. With him, for a course that has all that history and, and how good it looks, and you got to have a good person to work with, and that's John. John really knows what he's doing. And I would assume then – like you just mentioned, the history of it, et cetera. Like, that's not common knowledge. Oh, no. Unless, you know, you hire an employee that's not golf-related, they're not going to know that. Yeah. So how do you pick up on that? Is that stressed within the job? Kind of, sort of. I mean, especially if you work on 18th Green, for what a history that has alone. I mean, it's it's kind of stressful, but, you know, you gotta, if you know what you're doing. And then you usually have the audience from the restaurant yeah, right there. Yeah, that's so. true, yeah. What, what time of day is worse to have the audience? Uh, morning uh, crowd tough or the drunks in the afternoon? Drunks in the afternoon. I personally love it because I, I always work best under the bright lights. So, and I always think guys are always on me in a good way. So that's that's perfectly okay with me. So, what would you be doing there? What are some examples when there are people around? Like that's got is that the last green to be mowed in the morning? Uh so yeah, it, it's usually the last green to be mowed, and usually um, when when we have that, you know, that kind of like them being out and like actually being there is when we're like top dressing in the afternoons or doing afternoon mow mowing and stuff like that because uh she's what once or twice a week during the summer we're doing dry mowing in the afternoon because oh, yeah. that's when we can get it done i was about to say but like when do you have a break because from what i understand the t-sheet's full it's 600 plus dollars a person Tuesdays. you guys are printing money are you closed on Tuesdays? Uh, just the afternoon. They, I was going to say, they, yeah. They give us like an hour and a half window. and An and hour then, and a half. And then we just move with that window. and So you move with the golfers. Oh, yeah. yeah. and uh, You usually, stay within play then? So they send people behind you too? So like Eventually, yeah. yeah. And we, you know, our, our bosses are pretty good at getting us timed and getting out there. and That's your, when you do your cultural practices, essentially. Yeah. Mornings and usually then. But yeah, for top dressing, it's Tuesday afternoons. Wee! <laughs> All hands on deck. Yep. How many? How many uh, other employees are there with you on your team? Uh, like what twenty twenty something? Uh, it it really all depends. Like we had, I think six interns this year. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of part time guys that are some some guys are retired. They'll come in for the morning and they'll leave in the afternoon. Yeah, we have, we have a bunch of part time guys, and on like the usual, um, I mean, we have one super, two assistants two AITs, two spray techs, and then probably like six full-time employees other than that, and then part-timers and interns. Are you going to be able to stay on through the open? <laughs> that's actually... <laughs> oh, my bad. That's a, <laughs> this is being recorded, isn't it, John? <laughs> that, Are you listening, John? That's a very... Uh, Andrew very, would like to know. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I do regularly talk to John about that, and uh, last time I spoke to him, it was about 60-40, um, that I stay. Um, do you want to? Yeah, I mean, it, I, what I what I told him is it, it would be very difficult for me to watch the U.S. Open at a golf course I worked at and 
not be working it, you know, especially with it me being hired there currently. So if it wouldn't work out, would you in your course allowed it? Would you come back and volunteer? Yeah, the USGA has already suggested that anyone in the GAP program can go and work, whether it's on suggested. the course or, or uh, in other words, we're bringing you twenty volunteers, John, whether you <laughs> like it or not. So compliments of Carson and Jordan. Pine, one unique thing about Pinehurst is they, if they group all the employees together from all, well, ten courses now, they have quite a few. And sure. um, so whether it be under like the, working with the USGA guys doing data and stuff like that, and like just going around and like collecting data, like as far as firmness and stint meters and all that, you know, I'm not sure, but it, it's a big decision. Um, I, I know my girlfriend would like me to be back in December, sure. um, but and my hockey team, hopefully. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there's an assistant job or something that opens up in Greenville, you know, and you can come back and work for a week. Yeah. Who knows? That, 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 that's definitely a, a thing that I have to start pondering here pretty soon. Uh, sooner de- than later. <laughs> December's right around the corner. Do you see the leaves starting to turn colors? Not yet in Pinehurst. I see a couple over there. That's my point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, how about you? You looking forward to working it or are you nervous? It's going to be my first time. Yeah? I've been... Actually, yeah, it's be the first time. I've been watching them since I was a kid, and now working here, it's kind of a little nerve-wracking, but, you know, it's going to be all right. Yeah? Yeah. You imagine mowing 18 with the CBS tower hanging over you right there? <laughs> I do you know if that thing's on or not. I'm watching they, uh, they went out and started marking where all the, like, stands are going to be, and it it's going to be close, dude. Yeah. It's not going to look like the same golf course. No, and they, they already started being like, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, all the uh, wire grass and stuff in between those. We're getting all those up and putting them. Saving them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, they're just going to get lost, trampled, I, built over. Well, I think the idea is to put it about 310 yards away from every tee. So. so the build-out, though, I forget the numbers on it. The square footage is just astronomical that comes in and gets put down. Yep. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay, so a little bit about the GAP program then again. You touched on it earlier. You feel like there are things that you've picked up here that you can go back and apply oh, yeah. at the course. Give me an example. Like, what's your what's something that stands out that says, man, if I hadn't have done this, I probably would have never learned that. Good point. What did you learn today? What did you guys have today in class? Uh, today we were. Seven different types of weeds. And seven? Yeah. What are they? You got goosegrass. You have. Oh, God. We just did it today and I just learned it. Oh, my God. You? No, uh, so we had goosegrass, crabgrass, white clover, dandelion, um, sedge. I'm just trying to think of the ones that Kalinga. We, yeah, we didn't cover that one. Um, obviously, like we've dealt with it before, but the way Carson wants to do it is seven at a time. Uh, that way, are they within a certain family? Nah, it's just the ones that we regularly sort of get oh, out of here. So that way, you know, when you look at it, you see it. Everybody yeah, in here can so ident- he, ID it. Basically, what he's going for is more practical things, um, like stuff that we deal with, like here instead of like weeds you might see on a golf course and like. You know, the Caribbean or something like sure. that. Sure. Or Maine. Or Maine. Or New York. <laughs> you got some clover and dandelion up there, though. Oh, we sure do. 
Yeah, the deer love that everywhere. So yep. um, do then you go on and learn treatments and things of that nature and best practices on yeah, so what to do with each one of those different ones? That That's actually, like, the plan for these seven. They would they just want us to. And you'll um, learn how to, like, control it and, you know, contain it, not have it spread, you know, everywhere. Yep. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so it, with, with the GAP program, for me, it's, like, obviously, it, like, it, it was a decent opportunity for me to not only just not go to Clemson, but also, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm being so kind to them right now. Um, Where does it come from? Uh, just deep-seated hate. And I haven't even brought up FSU, and that's all I'm thinking about right now. I don't I don't like them, but that was before <laughs> I went to Clemson. So, I mean. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a graduate. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm it's all good. Nah, no, no, it's, it's fine. Cult. That's why I live in the upstate. Our office is in Liberty, which is right down the road from Clemson. So an opportunity to go back, yeah. yeah. What do you guys do? Grow grass? We'll figure it out. All right, here we are, 20, 15 years later. My, my brother was actually uh, at the game last weekend, and he's also a uh, South Carolina fan just like me. Um, so it was a little bit of joy out of that. So the center on my son's basketball team just signed or committed to USC basketball. Really? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Basketball team hasn't been the same since we got rid of Frank Martin, but he's a junior, so yeah, he's still got two more years of high school, and he's already committed. Yep. Gamecock, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, look, I'm one of those guys where I, I mean, I'm an Army School's brat. Well, no, I mean, I'll pull for Clemson, but I mean, I'm a South Carolina resident. I pay taxes there, so I'll pull for just about anybody. You know, yep. happy when Coastal wins. You know, oh. etc. Yep. So, are you a Yankees or a Mets? I think when I was a kid, we used to root for the Mets. But my cousin goes for the Yankees. You? Mm. You don't like baseball? You're just going to go with that? I like I like baseball. I watch it here and there. But, I mean, I'm like a f- more football football and NASCAR guy. But. Okay, so Giants, Jets? Jets, somewhat. Giants, eh. I mean, Jets were kind of doing good. But it has I'm, to be one or the other. I mean, this is terrible. The sports guy over here is on the edge of his seat talking about how do you not know these things? Like, I'm not changing your name in my phone now. It's, <laughs> it's staying the same. Every no. time he looks at it, he's going to play. He doesn't know if he likes the Yankees <laughs> or the Mets. And I don't know how to spell his name. Uh, <laughs> no, it's the Mets and then the, the Jets. Because when I, I like the Jets because I, when I was a kid, I had a, a legit New York Jets locker as like a, okay. a um, night table, nightstand. So I love the hell of the Jets. And I think I had a little helmet too. And that's about it. But. I'm going for the Jets and Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have been – I like them. They're pretty good. But Is this a recent thing with the Chiefs? No, it was – my friend turned me on to him. He was like, hey, go see the Chiefs. I'm like, all right, cool. And then three Super Bowls with it. I'm like, uh, team. It, it, you don't think it was, you know, after the first Super Bowl or something like that? Probably. I miss Mahomes. He's got the arm. But you know, <laughs> that guy is amazing yeah, watching some of the stuff he can do. Yeah. It's, we were hurt when Kelsey left. I'm like, oh, no, he's hurt. I'm like, come on. Uh, but no, it's the Chiefs. You can't be a Chiefs fan right now. Oh, come on. Why? Unless you're from like Missouri or something like that. Or you're a Taylor Swift fan. Hey, uh, I am a Swifty, so. Are you? Yeah, of course. That cracks me up. <laughs> I'm to have to get you and Dan Francis linked up. Dan's <laughs> a big guy. He's a big Swifty, too. Yeah, she just has some great songs every now and then. It speaks to my heart, and it's. And I oh think that's gosh. quite okay. Are you being serious right now? Slightly sarcastic. Okay, thank you. I was like, God, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we just met. Actually, it's probably the third time we've met that we just figured out. Yep. Um, 
I think I've served him food before. Apparently, I uh, it, it was it was wonderful chicken biscuit. I'll take it any time of the day. <laughs> Typical member services at your local country club on the way to work. Yep, when it's cold. So, um, all right, hold on. I have a list of questions. We haven't even got to that page yet. Okay, why turf? Well, for me, it's different. You know, you get the you have the chance to grow turf. Something you know, something that's living and breathing. Besides the fact that my job is outside, which I love, instead of being inside and, you know, you're bored and you got to do, when you're outside, you hear the birds chirping, you know, you feel the grass and it's nice and soft, but it's, 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 a, it's really a good, cool experience to have in growing turf. What did you do before turf? Numerous jobs. <laughs> so I had, I think I worked at Magnani Morelli and they built like, you know, carburetors and Classic parts and a lot, and then they worked at Little Foods. Then I worked at a kind of a country club golf course, but I worked inside. Okay, that's about it. So this is the top of the list so far. Then oh, yeah. this has got some staying power. It's the best job I had. That's awesome, man. Okay, why turf? Uh, so I've been golfing since I was five years old. My grandparents got me into it, and I've I've just always been on golf courses. You think I'd be better at it by now, but that is not the case. And, I mean, a, a course not far from where I was living just needed someone to come help, and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, I didn't like the job I was at, so, uh, and that was kind of a doozy because I would be out there mowing, and if someone pulled in, I'd have to go, like, ring them in. and That's like, awesome. Get them their cart, be a bartender, cook them their food, and then, head back out and start mowing again. Dude, that's so... What an experience. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and then you had to go follow the last cart that stayed out until dark. Yep. Oh, yep. man. You, hopefully by then I had most of the mowing done so I could uh, <laughs> I, I could relax a little bit. but Not have to pull the headlights up to yep. uh, put it on the green so you could finish mowing? Yep. You ever um, experienced the sand in an oil greens golf course? No. Sand greens? Why you look shocked? Like you've never even heard of them, apparently. Uh, the only time, really, I, I did play a golf course that had about an inch of sand on their green. No, no, this is on purpose. Oh, it's on purpose now. Yeah, this is what they used to be before they did grass. Oh, there's still some nine holers out in the Midwest. You even heard of this? No. So there's like a roller that's in the middle of the green. So like the last guy to putt out, you've got to like, oh, I have seen you've got to like roll it back out oh. so it's smooth for the next ones or whatever. But it's literally it's sand and you putt through it. I I actually just a few weeks ago saw that on Instagram and it completely escaped my brain. Yeah. So okay, sorry. All right. Not that. Showing my age without showing my beard. Okay. <laughs> it is a great beard though. Well, thanks, man. It's about time to cut it this weekend. But um, I'm sure somebody on the board will say something at our meeting. Um. Give me a reason you'd encourage somebody to come to this, do this program. From out of state, Andrew. <laughs> From out of state. Uh, so, for me, it it was, like, this is actually a very good place to learn. And, like, speaking to uh, Jordan Booth, he was just like, yeah, this is a program that you don't have to pay for, so you don't have to dedicate thousands of dollars for. Okay. And you still, they set me up with a few different interviews at different golf courses, so I didn't have to, like, go around and apply. I just had to interview Nice. So that was also something that was pretty big. And um, Carson's know, writing all this down. He knows his expectations <laughs> going forward, I'm sure. Okay. And, and um, you know, it's Pinehurst number two. It's one of the options. Wow, yeah. So, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. How about you? Somebody recommended this to somebody in, in 
at a state, it's really like we're I even say, one of the guys on the course that you work with. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's great teachers. You got great knowledge. And despite the fact you go to other courses and you see their progress, and then you kind of do hands-on little activities on the course too, so that it builds your knowledge up, and then you know, okay, yeah, I can do this on my course, and how do I how do I better my course too? I understand, too, in North Carolina, you get a, a, a journeyman's certificate as well at the end of the year to help you. Yeah, so... For applying uh, for future... App- that is... Uh, I'm still not 100% sure what that is, but that is what we're told. And uh, just what we've learned so far, like, just thinking back to, like, even last semester and, like, you know, we had John Deere come in and, like, break down everything for, like being a mechanic and everything okay. like that. Yeah. And they gave us long uh, little PowerPoints on, like, what they're planning next and, like, what they're doing is going to be helping us and, like, actually seeing it from their point of view. And uh, different things like that have been pretty eye-opening. Um, you know, and it it's not something you put into practice every single day, but you still have it there for when you need it. Sure. Sure. No, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity. You know, one of the challenges, I think, is society's changed so much, right? And, I mean, this is before we could even start talking about inflation, but, you know, we're finding ourselves more and more in two-income situations, and education is harder to dedicate time to, you know, continuing education in life. And so when you have an opportunity like this where you can work full-time, and they actually, our course, I assume most of them do it. We get paid while we're in class as well. So, and that even is more encouraging, you know, and it's part of your, your 40 hours is to be educated. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It seems like a pretty good program. It's something that I hope that maybe we'll be able to replicate in other areas because I think part of the challenge is, you know, we've got guys in the mountains that they can't relocate. You know, but they'd love to have this opportunity. And so that's where my conversations with Jordan and Carson are challenging to the to the online version. You know, you guys sat through a classroom here, but what if there were 20 guys just like you that were watching this TV screen? You know, they weren't seeing it, feeling it, getting to meet you guys, but maybe once a quarter they have to come into the classroom. You know, just ways that we can continue this education for you guys without having to cut out two years to go to a school, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, in, I, I'm in my – low 30s and even just the thought of coming over here like obviously I gave it like 10 minutes of thought before I decided because I'm kind of an idiot but and I assume everything's going to work out for me and in this case it it most certainly has and I mean even even just meeting all the guys that I sit next to like relationships yeah and most of them are going to go on to do big things as well there's some very smart people in this class that sometimes make me be like what am I doing here but really we're all at different levels, and this kind of helps us get to the same. So what's the plan? Where's this going to help take you to? I mean, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go bold here. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and shoot a superintendent. Yeah. You know, I mean, why not? Give it a shot and see how far you can go. For sure. Yeah. It's a good first step, oh, yeah. getting the education, being right here at Sand Hills as well. I mean – I'm sorry, did you want some attention on you here in a couple of years? It'll be all over you, you yeah. know. How about you? What's the plan? 
Uh, so I'll be heading back to Greenville, um, whether it's in December or after the Open. Um, still yet to be decided, but uh, I'll be going back there and I'll be on the job search. Uh, luckily, I know some very good people there, and uh, I'll be contacting them just to see if there's any openings anywhere. And, you know, I, I just it's kind of cheesy and it's a quote from uh, a TV show I watch, but it's, uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it, it, how do you tell the youth of America something like that, that hasn't been exposed to it? Yeah. You know, that's our challenge for our business, you know, because there's a lot of guys that could probably make that same statement with you after a couple months or a couple weeks or a couple years of, of doing it. You know, and it doesn't have to be at number two, right? It could be at your local muni, you yeah. know, or wherever. So, but to your point about, so your boy Chuck, okay, $15 golf. <laughs> um, when we go out to the national show um, in San Diego, mm-hmm. we've traveled together. He and I for approximately Jeez. 15 years now, 15 national shows. And we've got a couple of other buddies, Steve Hamilton from the beach and uh, Scott Cannon and Myers Park, but. We found ourselves um, looking for an alternative for golf instead of playing in the championship and these high end, you got to call somebody or whatever. And so we stumble up across um, Emerald Isle. So if you're ever out in the San Diego area, I highly recommend it. Um, I think we paid 14 bucks. Love it. That included a hot dog, a beer. And I want to say. We rounded it up to 25 each and got a T-shirt because we all still have the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So we go back there every time. But the next year we found Goat Hill Park, and that was before people had heard of Goat Hill Park. This is before the Fireside Group came in and everything, and Janella got a hold of it. And so, yeah, like I've got an old Goat Hill, Hill Park sticker. But th- those are the places that we look for too. Yeah, we we have a few in um, the Greenville area, and there's there's one that we always – I can't think of the name of it right now, but whenever we go to a South Carolina game on our way back, we always make a pit stop at the same golf course. and Mid-Carolina, right I, there at exit 82? I can't think of the name of it. It's killing me right now. My brother would know, but it it simultaneously is the best and worst golf course I've ever played in my life. And then we don't need to identify it. <laughs> every, every time I go there, I have such joy, and I play terrible, and I can't wait to go back. Yeah. And, you know, it, like I said, I came from a $15. Like, it, it actually sold, like, two years ago. It's now a goat farm, so it's actually a goat track now. So That's awesome. it kind of hurts. I, I put so much into that course. It's a goat farm. It's a goat farm. <laughs> it's not your fault, man. I know. Don't take know, it personal. It was resources. You're learning that now. It's available resources and manpower at the time, right? It, yeah, it was a couple months. Actually, it was longer ago because it was a couple months after I went to South Carolina. They're like, by the way, uh, we sold. It's going to be a goat farm. I was like, oh, geez, anything other than goats. It's a goat track. Maybe goats and yoga would be fine, yeah. but not <laughs> goat, goat track. Okay. All right. We're going to hit you with the hard one at the end here. David, you go first. First car you ever drove. Oh, man. I think it was a 1993 Mitsubishi Mighty Max. It was like really old two-door cars or two-door trucks. Tar Heel Blue Ben Seats. Nice. Column shifter. We had, it's funny though, we tried to change the spark plug in that thing. We couldn't do it, so we from what I heard, we took it to the shop. They had to take the whole top of the engine off to do that. And then we stripped the 
we stripped the uh, the transmission in it, and it came from like a Chrysler. <laughs> we just shoved that in there, and then that whole car was. You literally had to do everything manually. Like the headlights, you had a little screw because we. You, ha- you had to know what to make it work. Yeah. So we like we put two dots on a garage door, and we had to screw them to you know, make close and all. That was a cool truck. You could beat that thing up, and it would still go. But it was the best truck ever. Self-leveling headlights. Yeah. That could be a new option. Okay, you. Uh so mine's not as sweet as that. Uh. <laughs> By the way, we bought that car for a thousand bucks from an art teacher. At the old middle school where I used to go to. That's the, that's the best part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't get over it. Uh, so for me, uh, the first my first car was a golden Chrysler Sebring. Uh, it was Sebring. A, it was a boat, and it was beautiful. And Was it the convertible? No, unfortunately not, but it was up in Maine, so yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't really need that. But I did by actually put diesel in it once, Ooh. so that was problem what happened uh i luckily i it was my first time ever pumping gas because up in maine we have gas people uh and uh we were out on the coast and there you know you find a small mom and pop like gas station so i did that and like i got back in the car after filling it up and i was like wow that was really weird like i thought like the gas nozzle was supposed to go in there and like everything like that and they're like yeah it does i was like well i just held it outside and like blasted it in there and, uh, yeah, I was young. I was 16 years old, didn't know any better, and we got it towed without turning it back on. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not not terrible story. Sorry about your luck. but Yeah, no, it was brutal. It, it lasted another eight years, though, so it was, it was a good car. I miss it. And I've never put diesel in the wrong thing since. Dude, I, I ended up getting a diesel truck a couple years ago, and I'd never had one. So, I mean, there was a couple moments where I'd already pulled the 87 and I was halfway in, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh, hold on, you know. And then after I got rid of it, I only had it for like two years. Man, then it was the other way back. And so then I borrowed a track and, yeah, diesel. It's like, why? Why can't we just have fuel? Yeah. You know? And, and now you have like the pure, like 100% ethanol ones that are like. E85, E10, E8, whatever it is. It's like you know so many better. Go drive out west. Yeah. There's, like, you don't even see the same ones. It goes, like, what do we have, 87, 93, 97, 96? Yeah. No, it's, like, 85, 99, 98 or something. Like high octane. It's like, yeah. what's octane in the car? All right. Well, I've kept you guys way over. Sorry. Make a full episode out of it. I appreciate your time today, and we wish you the best of luck in your careers, and if there's ever anything the association can do, just let us know. Appreciate it. Pleasure. And just know, folks, they're not just out there pulling weeds with this gap program. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Pulling Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Be on the lookout for the next episode of Pulling Weeds coming out soon. For more information on the Carolinas GCSA, please visit our website at www.carolinasgcsa.org or call our office at 864-843-1150.